Welcome to episode 82 of Drew's Sports Crew here on this Monday morning, not Sunday night. Myself, Drew Skyberg, bringing you all the news in the sports world, at least where we always look here, the high school level in the Eastern Wisconsin Conference. We'll be checking out football, standing scores, and stat updates as always. And then also we're going to be heading right to Milwaukee. We'll be talking about the Brewers, how they've been performing not well. Again, looks like their season will be coming to an end here as soon as tonight could be the case. We'll also be talking about the Green Bay Packers, how they have an interesting win yesterday. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll leave it at that. It was, you know, a frustrating one, I'd say. I mean, they were heavy favorites, and um, they get the job done barely. I mean, we almost were looking at a tie if that field goal was missed. But, yeah, I mean, that was kind of the sports week update there, you know, kind of the events we'll be talking about here. So, Let's go into some announcements here before we get started on episode 82. Of course, going through the live stream days, right? We'll be live three times today. This is episode one out of three that you could catch today. And episode two will be live here at noon. We'll be having on College Athlete Spotlight. We'll be having on Maya, who is a Division One tennis player, from DePaul University, she'll be joining myself here on the podcast, like I said, around noon. So go check that out then at that time. And then later tonight, of course, Drew's Baseball Crew, the finale will be coming your way. The last episode of Drew's Baseball Crew. Sad to say, yeah, um, football or not football, baseball season here, winding down here, coming to an end. We probably will not be bringing you postseason, but we'll be having basketball stuff soon. Brewer season recap will be coming your way on a Tuesday. Some basketball previews. Expect Jared Vlesky. Join me on that. Also, hopefully, we might see Michael Waterloo, right? Um, guy from The Athletic who is, you know, a proud guest of the show. Hopefully, we can bring him back for another episode. But otherwise, that is the main live stream day announcement. Wednesday, Journey to Million, as always, thinking around 6 o'clock. Kind of the usual. Bring your fantasy football questions, your start-sit questions, where we were able to help out a lot of individuals last week, and hopefully we can do the same this week. And let's go through our some more announcements. Of course, social media at Drew Sports Crew is where you will find us: Instagram and Twitter and TikTok. I gotta keep shouting out that TikTok. Also at Drew Sports Crew on Twitch. Keep that in mind. We are live on Twitch as well now. Twitch and YouTube both. So check us out on both platforms. Follow us on Twitch if you would please. If you know if you have Twitch, why not? right? Do whatever you please. But um, otherwise, Fantasia, right? Check that out. I mean, we've been talking about that. Uh, they have side challenges now, right? You can now do challenges where you basically do a side wager against who you're playing. I mean, this is 2022 and we're seeing 2022 features all over the place on Fantasia. Again, their layout is fantastic. Go check them out for DFS or that you can still start season long fantasy. I'm pretty sure on there. If you want to just want to want to wait a few weeks, see now, some of your questions were answered, right, in fantasy football. So maybe you can use that knowledge and draft right now. Why not? But those are kind of the main things going on in the world of Fantasia, right? Thrive. If you want to start your journey to a million today, use code J2M. That link is down below. But otherwise, let's get now into it here on the podcast. You know the drill. We got to go to the Eastern Wisconsin Conference as we saw ourselves some wild games. I did mention last week, so I was like, there's going to be a lot of blowouts this week. There was. And, um, 
my game of the week, I believe I did choose Keel KLC as game number one. I otherwise it was game number two if I did not. And um, we'll start though. Yeah, we'll, we'll start with what I believe I called the game of the week. And Keel and KLC, the Raiders, they get the job done. And this is this seemed like a classic KLC game in terms of they put up a lot of points. They they didn't win this game unfortunately, but if you're a KLC fan, unfortunately, right? But they put up a lot of points, including 22 points in the fourth quarter. Keel 56, KLC, the Blue Bombers 42. So Keel wins by 14 points in the ball game. Keel scores 42 points in the first half. It was 42-12 at half. KLC made it a game by scoring 32 Keels, 14 in the second half. Look, this was classic KLC volume. When I when I say that, Max Breenbach threw the ball 56 times. That sounds like Keel Raiders football. Or not Keel Raiders, KLC Blue Bomber football. My apologies. Six passing touchdowns for Breenbach. Just three interceptions. Breenbach on the ground. I see 10 attempts for negative 36 yards. I'm going to believe that was a lot of sacks taken there. Also, we had John Kakuzi, three for 26. Then Noah Vilwak. 17 for 42. A lot of plays ran in this game. Wow. Otherwise, um, let's go to some Keel stuff. So you saw, I said 56 times for Breenbach passing the ball, right? Connor Faust, six times in the ball game, two passing touchdowns, three for six. Two of those completions were touchdowns, was for Faust. What a wild game here. Again, in in Kohler for both squads. Rushing, though, like this is the story. Bryce Giuxin. Of the Keel Raiders, 16 of 180 with a rushing touchdown. Connor Benverzi, 3 for 37. Connor Faust, 8 for negative 11 with a rushing touchdown. And then Colin Gossi, 3 for 74. Two rushing touchdowns for him. On the receiving end, Harrison Zorn had two of Connor Faust's three completions with two receiving touchdowns for him. Trey Bartz had the other one for 19 there. Let's go to KLC. So we believe this is a record. Uh, again, this is all WSN. Uh, they were talk- talking, and Travis Wilson believes this is a record. 24 receptions for Noah Heinen. Yes, you heard that right. 24. We talked about how dominant Noah Heinen is on this podcast from start to so far this year. I mean, it's been the story for KLC, the Blue Bombers. He's been arguably the best weapon in the EWC on the receiving side. So 24 of 336, two touchdowns, 24 receptions. That is a record. I believe that passes Casey Verhagen of then the Blue Bombers last year. I don't know if it was last year when it happened, but I believe he had like 23. Uh, so that's insane. But look, I mean, record-breaking stats in the EWC. What's new here? And uh, Noah Heinen, again, 24 of the 35 receptions. Jalen Paul was five of the other 35, <laughs> and he had three touchdowns. And J- Jake Thomas, four for 19 there. So it's crazy. Jalen Paul had three receiving touchdowns. And Noah Heinen had, he had two receiving touchdowns with 24 receptions. So he was like down the field. I mean, they were going to Heinen the whole game. And why not? I, I wonder how many times he was targeted, though, out of those. 56 passing attempts. I wish we did have targets. Don't have those down here as a stat, however. But Keel's defense, they they had some good numbers too, which you might be surprised. They gave up 42 points. Well, they had a forced fumble. They had three interceptions, two of them going to Braden April, and then the other one going to Ben Keenbaum. And then they also had four sacks. 
So you're looking at this. They give up 42 points, but yet they have some great defensive numbers. And yeah, that, that was the story, though. Keel Raiders, they they survive. I guess they get the job done, though. And they move then to three and two in conference, three and four overall was that story. Let's go through these other games. These other three were unfortunately blowouts. Let's go to Valders as Valders celebrated homecoming against the Two Rivers Raiders. What, you know, a homecoming matchup. Unfortunate there for the Vikings, but Two Rivers, yeah, they get the job done. They were up 21 nothing at half. They scored 27 in the second half to win 48 nothing. Uh, the story, it was Chase Mathias and Justin Klinkner, shocker. But Klinkner this time only passed 12 times, 10 for 12, two touchdowns for him. No stats on Valders, and unfortunately, but we mentioned that balanced receiving core. Shocker, that's what we saw here again. Xander Pop, four for 64. Austin Phillips, three for 72 with a touchdown. Chase Mathias, two for 57 with a touchdown. Damian Gretz, one for 19. Elijah Mott, one for 31. Very balanced, of course, for the Raiders. Rushing was pretty balanced, but Chase Mathias, 12 for 130, averaging 10.8 yards an attempt, three touchdowns for him on the ground. Max Mathias, two for 11 with a touchdown as well. Otherwise, it was the defense. Three forced fumbles for the Two Rivers Raiders will get you that job done. Chase Mathias had two of them, therefore, them so all around just making a difference in the game is Mathias. Interception then for Oren Gauger as well. So, Two Rivers. They continue their dominant stretch. You know how many points they've allowed this year? They've allowed 21 points this year. Yes, that is insane. They go 7-0. I mean, they're 5-0, 7-0 overall. They've scored 235-220. to Or, hold on. 256 they've scored to 21 points allowed. That gives them a plus-minus of 235. Yes, I said that right. Let's go to another game, Brilliant and Chilton. So this game was a game at half. Just got out of hand in the second half. Not sure what will happen there for the Brilliant Lions, but Chilton, they get the job done. I believe it was their homecoming as well. Um, 50-6 to six was that final there. Uh, yeah, it was 14-6 at half, and then Chilton scores 36 unanswered in the second half. That will get them the job done there at Chilton High School. And, yeah, it was a wild game. It was, I mean, it was, the, it was the classic Chilton offense. I, I don't know what else to tell you. It was where... Max Miller's going to pass right five to 10 times, maybe a little less this time four, but he's going to throw a passing touchdown. He's might throw two. And we saw that in this game. It was Ryan Pierquet two for 22 with a passing or receiving touchdown from Miller. Miller was two for four with a touchdown. Like I said, but it's this rushing attack. It's Jared Gale leading the way. And then you're going to have Max Miller thrown in there. Zach Hallbach also. And it was, it was Jared Gale 16 of 129 with a touchdown. And then it was Miller, 13-75, with three rushing touchdowns. Hallbach, 7 for 52, with a touchdown. Then you had Slight Nolan, 3 for 44, with a touchdown. You had Aaron Meyer, 4 for 66. Warren Wilcox, 2 for 22. Very balanced rushing attack for the Chilton Tigers. It's something, I mean, you see that with the Brilliant. You've seen that with Brilliant for the longest time. Saw in this game, but Chilton was really able to stop the run. Jane Bastion, they're usually leading rusher. 11 for 37 with a touchdown for him. Only 3.4 yards in attempt. Chase Thibodeau, 11 for 40, 3.6 in attempt for him. Otherwise, the rest of the rushing attack was held in check. 42 of 118 was the total, averaging 2.8 yards in attempt for the Brilliant Lions. Joe Shimmick was 5 for 7, two interceptions for him to zero touchdowns. 
On the defensive side, um, yeah, it was for those two interceptions, it was Zach Kalbach of the Tigers who got both of them. No sacks for the Brilliant Lions, unfortunately. And, yeah, one sack there for Damian Bing then of Chilton. Then, yeah, that was kind of the game here. Again, it was 50-6 to six was the final. Chilton, they moved to 5-0 and as well in conference and 5-2 and two overall. So, it's like we said last well, last week, I believe it's battle of conference. It's going to be Chilton and TR, it looks like. But we got some more games here to talk about. I guess one more, I should say, Roncalli and New Holstein. So, this game, 49-7 was the final. And, yeah, New Holstein got the job done. They were up 49-0, end of three. Ron Kelly gets a touchdown in the fourth to get a 49-7 final. So this game, let's go through it. A lot of running. I mean, this is exactly two really run-heavy offenses. You're going to see a lot of running. Um, but I guess Ron Kelly passing 24 times for me was a surprise. But New Holstein really is a surprise. Three for seven was Matt Steer. Only seven passing attempts. That's the big surprise for me. Or not really. But the, the rushing attack, again, this is what they like to do. Mason Buton and Luke Graff. They did exactly what they wanted to do. Graff, 8 for 135, four touchdowns for him. Mason Buton, 12 for 115, one touchdown for him. And then Drew Reimer there on for Ron Colley was 9 for 94. And then Braden Reimer was 9 for 51. Uh, and, yeah, with Drew Reimer, he had the rushing touchdown there for the Ron Colley Jets. But... Yeah, receiving-wise, yeah, it was Landon Halupni was 4-for-20, I guess the passing-wise, I should say, with three interceptions there for the Jets. But on the receiving side, it was Drew Reimer with a 48-yard reception, Owen Stockton with a 13-yarder, Jensen Wenkamp with a 13-yarder as well. Receiving-wise, Luke Graff was 1-for-17, Buton was 1-for-7, and then Mason Schmitz, 1-for-9. So really a story here. I guess let's go through some interceptions. I'm seeing right now that New Holstein had four interceptions they got. It says three only was thrown by Ron Kelly, but they have four somehow. Not sure how that works, but I'm going to say they had three. So Luke Graff, Eric Burns, Sean Floyd each had the three reception or interceptions for the Huskies. And that was kind of that was kind of the game here. A lot of running. Um and that, that that's what New Holstein did. They got a lot of running touchdowns. And if you're going through it, that, that just that won them the game here, that rushing offense. And as we've seen, the EWC has been a run-heavy offense for a lot of years now. KLC kind of changed it up you know, these past few years, ever since they joined the conference. And then, of course, Two Rivers always has. But then you see the other squads. It's been very run-heavy, and that, I think that's going to be a theme we're going to see stick here in the EWC. But with that... We saw New Holstein move to two and three in conference, three and four overall. Ron Colley falls to zero and five in conference, one and six overall. Let's go through the standings update here in the Eastern Wisconsin Conference. So Chilton and Two Rivers are both five and zero atop the EWC. However, Two Rivers is seven and zero overall, with Chilton being five and two overall. Keel is in that lone three spot. They are three and two in conference, three and four overall. Then we have that two and three group that, I mean, we talked about this at the start of year. My tears exactly forming here. I said, right, two rivers. And I said, Chilton at two, like a step below. And then I said, Keel below them. And we, we're, we're seeing that in the top three. And then we see that group. I was t- I was hesitant of ranking because I'm like, we don't know how this is going to turn out. It's brilliant. KLC, New Holstein, all two and three. And how that works then is brilliance two and four. 
five overall. KLC's two and five overall. The new Holstein's two and three overall. We're gonna have a lot of answers or a lot of questions answered with KLC and Brilliant squaring off on Friday. I'll talk about that game, of course, in my game previews. But that's kind of where we're at right now with those standings. Valder's one and four then. And they're two and five overall. And then Ron Colley, 0 and 5 in conference, 1 and 6 overall. That's kind of the standings report here. Looking through it. Let's go through some stats now. Justin Justin Klinkner still leads the way. It's getting close, though, with Max Reinbach's big game in passing yards. 1,656 is Klinkner. He's leading the way. But like I said, it's getting close. 1,194. I mean, it's not too close, but it's getting closer, maybe I should say. For Max Greenbach, then he is in second. And then so it's really like a two-way race, but Klinkner is still, uh, I'd say, you know, with was it two games left, um, still ahead enough where it shouldn't matter. So I think Klinkner's got the passing yard crown done, but who knows? Greenbach could have some big games. Um, and then we could see also tours run the ball a lot as they totally can do. They're totally capable of doing that. Max Miller at three with 622 passing yards. Rushing yard leader. So with Reimer only having 51 yards, I believe, last week, this race is getting close. Reimer, 932 there. And still ahead, Chase Mathias at 785. Jared Gallo of Chilton then 727. So that race we could see heat up. Here's the race that I think might be over with Noah Heinen dominating, right, with that big 24 reception game. That's going to give you... A nice advantage, and 765 is the number for Heinen in receiving yards. Xander Pop at 398. Elijah Mott then at 382. So goes KLC Blue Bomber, and then we have two Two Rivers Raiders. Yeah, try to say that three times fast. Uh, that is kind of how the stats look, and let's go then to the game previews for next week. I will be giving you my game of the week, as always. Chilton and Ron Colley square off. Chilton travels. To Ron Rubik Field to face the Ron Colley Jets. The Blue Bombers, they go to Brilliant, which should be a great game based on record. This will really determine that tier list as we always talk about the standings, if you want to word it like that. New Holstein, they got to go to Two Rivers, face a tough Raiders squad. Then Valders, they travel to Keel. So you might be wondering, how are these games going to turn out? I think the best way to go about this, I think go to Brilliant, watch KLC and Brilliant. That's going to be your best game, I think, by far. That will be my game of the week. KLC and Brilliant. Again, at Brilliant. So check that one out. Then these other ones, I'm not sure how they're going to go. It looks like they're going to be, they could be lopsided games, at least based on standings and such. It looks like all the other three will probably turn out like that, but let's see how these teams can hang in, right? If let's, let's say maybe Valors gives Keel, you know, they beat Keel last year. Why not? Why not see what they can do this year? Maybe make that a good game, potentially even win that game. Look for that. Also, Maybe we can see New Holstein and Chilton, or we can see maybe them keep keep that game close, see how those games turn out. But again, like I said, you can never rule a school out, right? It's Friday Night Lights. It's the Eastern Wisconsin Conference. We always say it's a gauntlet, and rightfully so, right? We have a lot of two and three, a lot of three and two here in the conference. So that tells me, you know, some good competition. So just want to keep that in mind, but just giving you at least my predictions, right? Game of the week, again, KLC and Brilliant. And that's going to wrap it up here for the EWC talk. As always, thank you to WSN with sports. Their link is down below. I appreciate, again, their content and keeping us updated with stats, standings, and schedule. So, again, thank you with sports.net. 
let's go now to the world of baseball. I, you know, I sound a little unenthusiastic because I am quite frankly, terrible week for the Milwaukee Brewers. Really, you know, it just, it's, it's been a disaster, I guess is how I would sum it up. Uh, it feels like, you know, the Cubs give you a gift. They sweep the, the Phillies. I mean, they, they do you an absolute favor. And then you, you lose to the Marlins three out of four. And their Marlins are posted on their Twitter. Thank you. Or like saying that they're, they're supporting their division, helping out the Phillies. And I'm like, Ugh, it's just terrible to see. So let's just go through the standings from last week. So for week 24, Drew said they're going four and two. They went two and four. They said uh, no playoffs. Uh, not yet, but they're, they're basically saying no playoffs is how it's looking for me. But going through this past week, how it went down, it didn't go down pretty. They lose on Tuesday to the Cardinals, two to six. I was at that game. Yikes, I know. Then they win five to one. They lose two to four. They lose one or they win one nothing on Friday. Much needed win against Sandy Alcantara. And then on Saturday, they blow the game. They lose three to four. And then on Sunday, they blow the game. They lose three to four. <laughs> I say blow the game in Sunday. It was extra innings, but it was disaster. Very upsetting. Fans were booing. I was at Tuesday's and Sunday's game. So again, terrible. They go, I guess, actual two and four. And if they would have won on Saturday, not blowing that game, it would have been, wow, competitive as the, they split a doubleheader on Saturday. The Phillies, that is, did. So really just you know threw everything for a loop. And now basically they need the Phillies to go 0-3 and the Brewers need to go 3-0. That's how you make the playoffs. So Phillies win tonight. It's over. That's simple. So, yeah, I mean, we're going to see what happens. I think basically my takeaway is the following. If they don't sweep the Diamondbacks here, I have them going 3-0. Shocker. But if they don't sweep the Diamondbacks here, if they lose tonight, I mean, it's over. Phillies win tonight, it's over. But I think we're going to see. This isn't even me overreacting. I think we're going to see changes in potentially management. I, I think, not not saying Craig Council specifically, but I think there will be some changes. I could totally see David Stearns moving to a different ball club. There's always been talks with him in the Mets. Not saying it's the Mets specifically, but I could see him moving on. Could see it happen. I could also see potential new ownership. There's something I, I've talked about even on this very podcast. I've said there is a serious potential that I think Mark Ananasio might start exploring offers for the team. And I say that it's not me saying he doesn't care about the team, but we've seen moves that have been more business-friendly, owner-friendly than team-friendly in terms of you know, not putting your full investment in the team, being still the priority owner and owning a large stake in the team. You'd expect more care, more overall, you know, team, just supporting the team, right? Um, and what we've we've seen, we've seen him explore stakes, right? Purchasing a stake in a European Premier League team for soccer. We've seen um, him buy very expensive sports cards. But again, that's that's fine. I mean, that's it's his money. But the stake in another sports team really shows me you're not you're not fully invested in this sports sports franchise. That, that's that's what it tells me at the end of the day. I believe it was over ten million dollars already just thrown at a team. Just thinking of it like this, and I'm not saying it's not exactly like this, but what could that ten million dollars gone for? Right? I mean, that's how much McCutcheon was signed for. So, just saying. I mean, that's that could be a whole nother player. I mean, that could be uh that could be a third baseman. That could have been a relief, feat, multiple relief pitchers. That could have been. Just think about what the Brewers' weaknesses have been. That could have been a center fielder who could hit. Right? I'm not now. Gary Mitchell's been doing well, but it's it's really crazy to think about what it could have been and. 
Yeah, this team, this could be a very upsetting season. One of the most upsetting seasons in recent memory, uh, 2014. I'm still, still probably tops it. Don't want to bring that one up, but uh, certainly a season to forget for the Milwaukee Brewers. A lot of questions need to be answered in the offseason, but I guess I don't even want to talk about this stuff anymore. This is, we'll do a Brewer season recap if it all comes down. I might need to wait a week to talk or just to recoup from what could happen tonight is how I'll word it. Uh, let's talk, you know, I want to briefly mention, right, the Paul Chris firing. I, I did actually, and I don't want to toot my own horn this much, but I, w- I was talking with some friends. I'm like, I seriously think there's a chance Paul Chris gets fired on Monday. And I said this yesterday morning. I'm like, looking through it, you know, Wisconsin holds themselves to high standards. And it's about really, you know, you, you don't lose to Illinois by the amount they lost them at home. You know, in a conference, like, right, conference game, you, you don't lose to Illinois that much. It, it's just Wisconsin. It's just tradition, I guess I should say, over these past 20 years, right, 21st century, it seems like that's been Badger football. And when that happened, I mean, I was like, yeah, he's probably going to be gone. And sure enough, he was gone. Um, I, you knew that was something like it just felt like Wisconsin football wasn't held the same respect to the same standard it's been held to over the past, right, like I said, the past century. <laughs> so, um, all right, when I say that, I'm talking about 21st century, of course, but Jim Leonard's the interim head coach. I think he's going to do a good job. He came here, I guess, really for that role. I really think. I think he's going to do a great job. So I'm not saying this season's just going to boom, turn around like that. I don't think it does like exactly like that. I still think this team's right. It's a bull. It's a bowl team. They're going to get a, a bowl game, but I really think you need to just in this, right? I think transfer portal needs to be huge quarterback situation next off season. I really think you need to explore other options than Graham Mertz. I'm at that point. I've been at that point since last year. So that's kind of why you don't hear me talk about Badger football a lot. Again, being Marquette basketball fan, you might not hear me talk about it because of that, but it's really because, you know, the product on the field right now, it's not, it hasn't been that electric, you know, football that's Wisconsin style football. Don't want to say since JT's been there, but it's awfully close. You know, I, I think, I think I'll say till since 2019, I think is when um, it's really fallen off. So that's where I'd go, but look, little bleep thing or brief thing, not bleep thing, but a brief thing here about, Badger football here before we talk about Green Bay Packer football. Yeah, we're going to the National Football League now. What a sloppy game in Green Bay. Yeah, it sounds like I'm a complainer today, but I mean, I got I got a report about how it went, right? It was it was sloppy. It was it was bad. I mean, Packers get the job done 27-24. Bailey Zapp, Bailey Zappy, however you want to say his last name. I've heard it two different ways now. It's um he ends up being the quarterback as Hoyer exits due to an injury because that he looked pretty good. I mean, 10 for 15, 99 yards to a touchdown. Look, I'll say it. Um, Matt LaFleur, he got out coached today. I mean, this might be like, wow, you're going to blame the coach for this game being so close. But I really think, I think he got out coached today. The main play I looked at was the Romeo Dobbs thing he challenged. Like that was pure emotion. I know he said it was emotion, but you cannot have, you know, you can't coach. I mean, you can coach with emotion, of course, but when emotion takes over, you know, rationale and just overall, like, like the thought process, I mean, that's not, that's not winning football. Let's be honest, but, and he was even told, I believe not to challenge the play. He still went with it. I was scratching my head. I'm like, all right, let's waste our challenge now. So we don't get one later, but ended up not costing them. But I mean, no, that is losing football when you make a decision like that. That's just how it is. But, 
you still have to respect how Bel- Belichick was able to utilize Zap in this game. Right again, I mentioned a ten for fifteen with a passing touchdown. Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson looked effective too. We both averaged four point seven. Well, four point seven for Stevenson, four point eight for Harris. Very effective there. Then balanced receiving attack for both teams. Shocker, but let's go to Green Bay side. Rodgers threw a pick six in this game. Yeah, you you heard me right. He threw on 21 of 35, two touchdowns, interception then for him. He didn't look the best, but he did Rodgers things at the end. He did enough to make, you know, he did the Rodgers things to make a team win. So that's what happened there. A lot of volume here. A.J. Dillon out carries Aaron Jones again. But Jones was a lot more efficient there, 16 of 110 compared to 17 of 73. And Dylan was that guy you put in at the end of the game. He's like a closer. He gets them right into field goal range. Boom. And then you kick it and you win it with, what was it like no time left on the clock? Anyways, it was receiving wise, Alan Lazard. It was his game to take the lead role. Eight targets for him, six of 116. Romeo Dobbs had eight targets as well. He almost had two receiving touchdowns, not just one, five for 47 for him. Randall Cobb, three for 42 there. And then Robert Tunyon, two for 22 with his first touchdown of the year, had him in fantasy picks. Jared and Zach were laughing at me. I was like, it's it's Robert Tunyon touchdown week. Guess what happened? Otherwise, you know, Watson made some made some little errors, but he was had one reception, and it was really like a like a little pass. I don't even know what it was. It was like a jet sweep kind of thing where he just like Rogers just tossed him the ball. Not really a reception, but one for three for him with eight yards. Otherwise, yeah, very balanced target share. I mean, not as balanced as we've seen as two guys had eight targets and then it was four, four, two, two, or three, two, two, one. So kind of balanced, not really more balanced, you know, than other teams, but not as balanced compared to Packer standards. Maybe is the way to say it. Look, sacks. I mean, Rashawn Gary looks dominant still. Two sacks for him, one tackle for loss. Dean Lowry with a half a sack, and then Preston Smith with that other half. That was the story for them. Otherwise, it was lone sack for them was Matthew Judon of the Patriots. That was that. But it was, you know, it was a pretty good game if you're a football fan. A lot of action in terms of, you know, you got five quarters, basically. Four and a half quarters, I guess, however you want to word it. But that was good to see. Um, but if you're a Packer fan, this was, this was, you come into the game 10 and a half point favorites, I believe. And it might even be more, but to only win by three that shows again, how well coached the Patriots are, how well they're going to play regardless of who's starting at quarterback. This that's just credit Bill, Bill Belichick and his squad. I mean, that's what you got to do when you can hand, handle like this, but you also need to look internally as a team, look at some of the play calling, look at how Rogers performed in terms of, you know, pick six, but otherwise just looking at how the receivers have like the rapport, I guess I'd say with Rogers, it's just, some receivers just they, they look like they're off. And I I again Watson looks like that. He's just a step off with Rodgers right now. You can see that. And guess what? Training camp. Guess who really wasn't there? Watson because of injuries. So you can clearly tell that. And Dobbs was there all camp. And look at that. He gets eight targets because of it. And of course Lazard as well. But I just think, you know, like defensively, I'm not too worried. This team really only gave up 17 points defensively in four and a half quarters. If you're looking at it like that. So I'm not too worried about the defense, but there certainly were some breakdowns in the game as expected. But this game more goes back to the offense running. I wasn't too worried. I just Packers need to be more efficient passing the ball. 
I think I think this game is a game for Matt LaFleur to look back and coach some coaching mistakes also. Uh, the Packers, you know, if you want to throw in that delay of game that should have been called, that was not. I mean, you could throw that in there, but that shouldn't have mattered. I mean, it should, it should not matter against a team that's starting their third-string rookie quarterback due to Hoyer getting that injury through one of the first drives of the game. But that's just my stance on it. Again, I think the Packers, you know, they're going. They're three and one. They're two and one at home, or two and zero oh at home. Sorry, and they will be losing their home game as they go to London. So they lose a home game against the Giants to go to London next week, eight thirty a.m. NFL Network. It'll be good. And Packers, I, I'm not worried about these next two games. Giant or three games. Giants, Jets, Commanders. You theoretically should be six and one before that game against Buffalo at Buffalo on Sunday night. That's at least where I think they should be. I would be shocked if they dropped one of these games to the Giants, Jets, or Commanders. But I could really see this squad, you know, first eight games going six and two. And that's that's awesome. That is what you want. So that's kind of where I'll wrap it up here, Packer-wise and episode-wise. It was quite the game, by the way. Tickets, if you want to go Packers-Giants, $429 is right now the price as what I'm seeing. So. Plus airfare, you got to keep that in mind in hotel. Probably expensive trip to London, but that will wrap it up for myself, Drew Skyberg, here on this Monday morning afternoon. I'll be back here at noon, remember, with Maya of DePaul University. All right, we'll talk with her about, of course, tennis. That'll be a lot of fun. She's a former UW-Milwaukee student. She's a grad transfer now at DePaul. We'll talk about it on their episode 18 of the College Athlete Spotlight, but that's going to be it for myself, Drew Skyberg here, signing off on this Monday morning. Thank you all for listening to another episode of Drew's Sports Crew, the perfect podcast for you.